This is Living in the And, a safe space to process faith, God, and religion. Even though our conversations may challenge you and the perception of church, our goal is to get back to the simplicity and beauty of faith and community. Okay, welcome back. We are uh, working on our second topical episode episode today. Yay, we're super we're excited. Back. We're back and um, we're rejuvenated from time off with family um, and a week of thankfulness. Yes, yes. So and I think all our kids are not are healthy and yes. we had to take a couple weeks off because of life. Yes, huge so. miracle that everybody is healthy and back <laughs> yes. to school and we're appreciating some time to be creative today. So we're going to hit it pretty hard today um, on deconstruction. It has been a word that's used pretty frequently now. Um, and I know some of my Christian friends um, are scared of the word and have told me, you know, watch out. That's a really dangerous word to use as a Christian. Other people are really encouraged by the word. Um, and we'll kind of walk through that and what that word means in both of our journeys as Christians. Um, when I looked up faith deconstruction, the Wikipedia definition says faith deconstruction, also known as deconstructing faith, evangelical, evangelical deconstruction, the deconstruction movement, or simply deconstruction is a phenomenon with American evangelicalism in which Christians rethink their faith and Jedi jettison. What is that word? Jettison. I would say jettison. Yeah. Jettison. I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> previously held beliefs sometimes to the point of no longer identifying as Christians. This is closely related to the evangelical movement. Um, X, Ex-evangelical movement. Sorry, we are. <laughs> There's a lot of here. Christian, <laughs> Christian ease. Christian like big words there. Um, so I think where this word is scary is where people are no longer identifying as Christians, um, and I think that fear can come in. If you don't want to be a called a Christian, you don't want to be called a Christian. But I think it's when you're not identifying as a Jesus follower or identifying with God himself is kind of where this can get scary. So we're going to walk through what that looks like in our own journey. Um, go ahead. You know, I don't, it's funny. Okay. So I looked up the word jettison and this is actually interesting. It says to throw away or get rid of something. Mm. And I want to come back to that because I think it's very pivotal in the word deconstruction. And I loved that they use the word evangelical because, and you use the word scary because it's scary for Christians. It's not scary for people outside of the church. Mm -hmm. And it's not scary for those that, it, it, I take that back. It could be a little cumbersome for those that are deconstruction, de deconstruction, deconstructing <laughs> within the church. Um, <clears throat> but what I really think deconstruction means is divorcing yourself from evangelicalism, mm. which has been, there's an American evangelicalism that's a way of doing Christianity and a way of church um, that that people didn't realize they were a part of. Mm. Let me um, pull up that definition from my friend. And all of a sudden there was this realization in the last few years of these systems and ways that uh, didn't match with 
the Jesus and his life. Mm -hmm. And so what people don't realize is that deconstruction is not a scary thing. It's a deconstructing for me personally, the systems and the ways that we have created here in our country and the way that we do church and American Christianity, not necessarily divorcing myself from faith in Jesus or God. Um, I want to read a a girlfriend of mine. We are... um, We've been friends since college, so over 20 years, and we tend to fall on various points of the spectrum in ideals, opinions, morality, we're very similar and alike. But when it comes to faith issues, even political issues, life issues, we fall on, on varying degree, in varying degrees, but we have the most beautiful conversations because we respect each other and we allow, we allow each other to be who we are, right? Yeah, and yeah. bring whatever we want to the table, kind of like you and I in the yeah, way we yeah, talk. totally. So she gave me a definition. I had put a question box in my stories and she gave me a definition of what she thinks a Christian is and then what she thinks deconstruction is. So I'm going to read the definition that she put for when she thinks of Christianity. These are the words that pop into her head. Um, Hypocrisy, judgmental, not willing to seek answers outside of what your church tells you. The church bending to the word, uh, the you know, the Bible, <clears throat> to fit those beliefs. So they bend the word to fit mm-hmm. their beliefs, not necessarily allow the word to, to tell them, you mm-hmm. know, the ways. Uh, black and white, so there's no gray, not willing to see people for who they are or what their stories are. And I wanted to start there because before I took a step outside of myself, I got myself, I stepped away for a second from the church, I didn't, yes, I knew that people felt this way. I knew that people thought Christians were hypocrites, but because of the people that I surrounded myself with, I didn't see these behaviors Mm -hmm. per se. Now, were they happening? Absolutely. I just didn't see it um, because I was a part of it. It's like being in a relationship and you can't see some unhealthy things going on, even though your friends and your loved ones are telling you. Um, And so it wasn't until I deconstructed or started deconstructing that I saw, wow, the church really does feel close to a lot of people and it does feel um, harsh and hurtful and not accepting and loving. And I think there is this uh, misnomer out there in the Christian world and realm that if I allow these people in and if I allow these people, allow myself to love these people, then I am accepting their sin and their lifestyle, you know? And so there's a fear, I think, within the church to allow people to be who they are and God to do what God needs to do in their life outside of you because you're not going to change them. And so that's where I really felt started feeling the rub. Um, I love her definition of deconstruction because I feel like this is where I land. She says, getting the church back to its original intent to be like someone who to be like someone who didn't have rules to see people a certain way. So not necessarily like the church has established rules. So we have to see this person as a sinner or we have to see this person in a, from a certain worldview, right? We can't just listen to their story and mm-hmm. let the Holy Spirit and God do what they need to do. We have to tell them you're doing it wrong and let me let me fix you. Mm-hmm. She wants the church to get back to let everybody come and figure out their faith road and journey. It's not mm-hmm. your job to tell them they're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else did she say? People like, oh, then she said this, people like you who are willing to push back and still keep the root of your faith at the heart of who you are. Those who don't follow the norm because the church says to do so. And so <clears throat> I think that's where I've landed is I've I've seen that while most pastors and church staff and church goers have great intentions, I don't think that most, and I'm not saying there isn't abuse and we can talk about that on a whole nother episode. That's not where I'm going. 
I, the people I've had contact with within my years of being in the church are well-intentioned and they're a product of how they've been taught and the system they've been raised in. And for me, I felt like American Christianity was more of a system and a structure rather than a relationship with Jesus. And so I feel like in my divorcing myself from evangelicalism, not my faith, but American Christianity, because I wouldn't even say if you had come and asked me on the street, if I identified as an evangelical, I'd be like, "Mm, no, like I don't, (laughs) I don't label my faith. I think it's weird that we do. I get that at one point. Never, never, never. I've gone to, I've gone to non-denominational churches. And all that means is that they don't um, associate with Baptist or Presbyterian or whatever. I got married in a Baptist church. But I've never said I was a Baptist. I've never said I was evangelical. Um, So really what I feel like I'm doing, because it's a process, is divorcing myself from American Christianity and the American way. And not all the ways, because I don't think they're all horrific or bad. I just think those have become the forefront of our faith in this country for most Christians instead of the relationship with Jesus and, and really finding true faith in God. And what happens with that, or what I've noticed with myself, because I can't speak for everyone, I just can speak for myself, is that when I was a part of the system, my view and experience with God was like looking through a peephole. And then I stepped away from the church and all of a sudden the front door was wide open. And I was like, holy smokes, God is so much bigger and wider and better than I could ever imagine. And I really was who she said I was. I was a hypocrite. I was judgmental. I was pushing people away instead of bringing them in. And not because I wasn't a nice person. It was because I had views of other people and how they lived their life based on my American Christianity, which made them feel unloved, hated, pushed aside, not a part of that religion. And I was like, wow, that's not, that's not what Jesus did. That's not who he was. And so for me, it hasn't been a, it's been a deepening of my faith, even though I have way more questions than I do answers at this point, in my faith journey. Um, but it's really, um, made God exponentially bigger and better than I could ever imagine once I separated myself and deconstructed the systems that we've set in place on how we do spirituality and religion in this country. Yeah, I love that. And I love your example of the people. Um, It's a great visual. And I just love your passion as you talk about this. Um, And I think that's the goodness of who God is and uh, the systems, you know, that is such a key word is we're not um, trying to uh, say negative things about the church. Well, no, we might be saying some negative things about the church. And that's, so okay. that's okay. I think that's it's okay. okay. It's called, yes. it's called um, what is it called? That kind of criticism. Constructive? Constructive, Constructive criticism. Yes. And Which we, hurts. Right. <laughs> but when you can't talk about the negative things that a system is doing in order for them to grow and get better, then that's a problem. And that to me is when abuse can happen and the wrong kind of systems can be put in place and people are hurt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's the openness of just like, let's have these conversations. What are things we love about the systems? What are things that we don't like? Some of them are very, very needed. And we'll kind of walk into those things further as we get into other episodes. Um, When I think about deconstruction, The reason the word never really scared me is because I always think about a Lego. That was one of the first things, Hmm. you know, you have rules, they're important, 
you can follow them, you get that perfect Lego. Or you have people that are a little bit freer and they can build their own thing with a Lego. And most of the time you take them apart with the intention of putting them back together. You know? Oh, I love that so much yeah. because I have a kid that loves to put Legos together, but then he'll come up with the most creative things. He deconstructs his Lego yeah. creation and then all of a sudden he brings something that I'm like, how did you even think in your mind and find those pieces to put them in those parts to make that? I love that. Yeah. I, I hope that's where, and that is my... I'm encouraged in this season because I feel like that's where we're at. We're yeah. deconstructing yeah. the Legos that followed the rules and the beauty of what's going to come out of that on the other side. I, yeah. I think we're going to be blown away. Yeah, I think so too. And I love that people love the creation that they have following the rules yeah. and that works Some for them. Need it. Dylan, my son is a hundred percent. He yeah. loved Legos for the, Follow the rules, do step A, B, C, or D. And then he craggled him. Remember the Lego movie? Yeah. And he likes yes, one yes, super yeah, totally. Nobody can take them apart. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's baking. Yeah. You've got bakers right. that follow rules. You've got cookers that, you know, yeah. cookers, I don't know if that's right, but you know chefs. what I mean. Chefs. There you go. <laughs> You've got chefs that never follow a recipe and want a dash of this, a splash of that. Hmm. But they still had a basic idea in their mind and still followed you know, you still had your chicken. Yeah. You still had your foundation. Yeah. And then you're building around that with your seasonings and your ingredients and things like that. Oh, I love that. And you need both. You do need both. you can't have dinner, a good dinner without a good dessert. Totally so agree. you need your chefs and you need your bakers. And I think, I think what's hard right now is that your bakers are telling your chefs that they're doing it wrong. Yeah. And your chefs are telling your bakers that they're doing it wrong. Yeah. And at the same, and what they need to realize is that we need a little bit of both. Totally. And it all works together. Mm-hmm. You need both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think deconstruction for me is simply um, having a willing ear and heart to have conversations that I would have shied away from before. Mm. Um, I very much have been somebody where if they said something that didn't align with what I grew up at hearing in the church, I instantly went to, oh gosh, that is so wrong. Yeah. You know, which is judgmental. Right. Um, and it could right. be wrong. I honestly don't know. And so I think deconstruction for me is sitting in an area of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I need to search the Bible. I need to search my heart. I need to grow and have conversations with multiple sources mm-hmm. to kind of fill my knowledge. Um, and to change, to, to be able to change your perspective and your view, not necessarily change it, but to be able to say it, see a different perspective and yeah. view because it's so easy to get caught up. Like I said, I didn't know I was being judgmental, but I was yeah. because I was a part of it and everybody else would look the same and sounded the same as me. So I thought it was right. right. And then when I stepped out and I listened to people like my girlfriend who we don't always fall in the same realm of thought, um, it wasn't until I heard what she had to say and stepped out of the same Z's, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, yeah. and I was able to view something a different way or see it from a different perspective or worldview or world experience, you know? Yeah. I think, I don't think difference. we realize how much our faith is uh, impacted by our life experience, yeah. where in we season. live, mm-hmm. um, who we surround ourselves with, the season of life we're in. Um, you know, I think as humans, we want absolutes because 
not having it feels a little bit rocky and scary, right? The yes. whole human experience is just crazy if you step step back and look at it. Yes. And it can be frightening. And so when you get into Christianity or any kind of belief system, really, it's not just Christianity. We like to have absolutes. Yeah, I agree. And I think what you're saying and what we've said with deconstruction is a constant willingness to be able to ask questions, to be able to say we don't know, and to be able to live in the and. Those are huge. Which is the whole, you know, premise of this podcast is being able to live in the and. It can be both. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Like my friend said, you know, so many Christians live in the black and white. And what I found when I find God the biggest is when I step into the gray. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about your, your faith experience. When do you most push, press into your faith? It's when you don't have the answer and something's really, really hard. I agree. And you're struggling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that your, your openness and willingness to be able to listen and ask questions and have conversations, not just with those that look and act and think like you, uh-huh, uh-huh. but opening yourself up to other perspectives and ways of thinking and seeing is so important. And it's not, I think people are like, well, there's this way in the Bible and it's only this way. And I'm like, but it, that's a metaphor uh-huh. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like you got to think about the way it's written and how it's interpreted and who's interpreting it. And at what time period, it's just so big. We could never, we could never, um, get the full, full understanding of what the Bible says ever On a hundred lifetimes. I agree. Um, I, one of the things that I've loved hearing you say, um, when I'm doing your hair and as we've walked in this journey is just how Bible illiterate our churches are, mm. our people are, our members. I'm definitely guilty of that and have felt encouraged. Like I've never read the Bible all the way through. Right. Um, or even spent, you know, a year studying something really intently. I think because it's scary. It's intimidating. Um, it's intimidating. Yeah. I love the absolutes. And so sometimes I'd rather be ignorant and not know Same. than have questions. Oh, like that's, that's so a good. really scary yeah. Uh, area for me. I'm that way in multiple things. Workouts, I love a plan. Diets, I love a plan. (laughs) Otherwise, I go real rogue. So I love having a specific structure, which is probably why I have felt so comfortable for the majority of my life in church, you know, following Mm -hmm. the, the traditional structure of Christianity. That is such a great thing to talk about is that you love that because I love that structure Uh too. So it kind of blows my mind that I am where I'm at with it. Um, And not to say I haven't shed tears or had experiences that were hard or hurtful or whatever. Um, Because when you start having questions, other Christians don't know what to do with you. And it changes your relationship with them. Some stop talking to you. Um, Some you just don't have that closeness anymore because they don't, they think that you're kind of gone rogue and Mm -hmm. not following the plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, we said earlier, you need the chefs along the side, the bakers, and you just have to keep your, what I've learned is I have to keep myself open to allowing, I need to allow those people to still stay where they're at. Yeah. I have to give them the space to be where they're at because there's so many of us on the side of deconstruction that are like, well, everybody in the church is doing it wrong. Right. right? And we want them to change because we're scared at their lifestyle and how that negatively affects others or negatively affects the viewpoint of Christianity from people who are not believers. Right. Um, 
And so we want everybody to jump on each other's trains and us on the side of deconstruction, we need to give just as much grace and love to those that are still a part of the system or that need the rules yeah. and the structure. Yeah. Um, okay. Because when I said at the beginning, we have to open the door and let everybody in and let God work out their faith journey. That's also for those that have to follow the way that we do church in our country. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's the and. I think you can be half in, half out. And I don't mean that in a faith way. Right. It can be scary when people hear right. that. Lukewarm. Don't yeah, be. You can't be lukewarm. Don't be half in, half out. But um, <laughs> I do think there is beauty in maybe still going to church or, you know, finding your community in your neighborhood and getting together and just having conversations about who you are, what God's doing in your life, instead of following a step-by-step plan, homework, message. Like, mm-hmm. I see God every day behind the chair because I'm Mm -hmm. in relationship with people and I'm having open and honest conversations ready to receive what they have to to say and hopefully, you know, speak truth and love and joy into the things that I have to say as well. You know, hopefully we're influencing each other um, in that together. I want to share from church yesterday. I loved a few things that our pastor had to say. Um, Kind of about what you said about the definition of Christianity from your friend. How does the church of Jesus Christ, founded on the greatest love story ever told, end up being viewed by outsiders as judgmental, hypocritical, and even irrelevant? Hmm. I think that's really heavy and kind of what has inspired our open conversations is we want to rewrite um, the story of Jesus, not the story of Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) The way he is perceived. I have always wanted to lead a cult. No. <laughs> That's not, this is not that podcast. <laughs> but would you follow me? No, I ask people that question all the time. <laughs> That's hilarious. But no, we, we, our goal with this podcast is for us to, to learn and grow in our yeah, faith. I definitely. think that's something that you and I have always said is that we're in a constant process of deconstruction. Yeah. At any point in our life, we should always be in a place of deconstruction. You know, that's yeah. how growth happens and yeah. maturity happens in regular life situations and in your faith. And if you can't do that, then you are in a cult. Yeah. yeah. I, agree. <laughs> I yeah. mean, if you can't totally. ask questions, yeah. if you can't deconstruct some things that aren't working, as long as you still have, like you said, the chicken and the ingredients, yeah. if you can't make it look different than your friend's chicken and ingredients, you know, they're not going to, the plates aren't going to come out looking the same if we both cook the same meal, right? Yeah. They're going to look different. Totally. Everyone's faith journey is going to look different. But if you have the right ingredients, you're fine. And so <clears throat> that's kind of where we're at, where you're in this constant place of deconstruction. Um, our goal is not to tear the church down. It's to get to a place of Jesus's love story truly being communicated through the people who believe in him. And right now, that's obviously not being done very well. Right. And if it's, if that's the case, then we have to look internally to ourselves at the church and say, Why? Why is that happening? And there's a lot of us that aren't willing to do that because it's scary. scary. Because you have to deconstruct. And when you tear those Legos down after you spent all that time creating this masterpiece, you've had toddlers before. Yeah. They're going to flip their AI. lid <laughs> if you break their Legos, yeah. right? But then they put them back together and like, oh, that's okay. But it ta- it's a process and it, it takes time. Um, so, yeah, I think there just needs to be an internal investigation for each person, not pastors and leadership. This is the whole thing. When I look at Jesus and Paul in the New Testament, um, the table Jesus flipped, because a lot of Christians like to talk about that today, was in his house. 
It was in the temple. I think I told you this. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was not in the government's house. It was not in the Roman governments at the time. He came in and he said the temple was his church at the time. That's where the believers went. That's where the rabbis went. He was a rabbi, a teacher. And he saw things happening in his house that he did not like. And mm-hmm. so it's like clearing your house out. When Paul talks in the New Testament, um, most of the books in the New Testament are written by Paul. Every time he writes a, tr- a letter of of reprimand, I don't really want to use that word. He's writing it to the churches, mm. not to the people who don't believe yet. He's yeah. writing it to the people who say they're Christ followers. And so when it comes to deconstruction, we're looking at people who are asking questions about their faith because there are some people who are walking away. Yeah, It's not just people like you and me that are saying, okay, I'm going to deconstruct these systems, but I'm going to hold on to my faith. There's a lot of people that are walking away and they th- people think they're walking away because they're sinners, you know, quote unquote sinners mm-hmm, or they're mm-hmm. doing it wrong or they're just gone to hell in a handbasket. And it's like, maybe we need to flip some tables in our own house. Yeah. Maybe we need to take a little inventory of our own churches, the congregants, the staff, the systems, and say, why? Why are people deconstructing? Why are people walking away? And make space for that. Make space and make grace for it. And I don't think we're there yet. I do think we can get there. I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I agree. I think the more open we are to have these conversations with each other with grace of saying, ooh, I don't know where I sit in that topic. I don't know where I sit in your ideas, understanding of, you know, that subject, whatever it may be. Um, Yeah, I totally agree. I lost my train of thought of what I was going to say. Well, I think you have another quote from your pastor. I do. Yeah, I loved it. And let me say one more thing on the... um, on that, on that front that we were just talking about, I was thinking about what a lot of these pastors and leaders have built in their churches. They've, and we can talk, we'll talk about this on a different episode about church kind of being a business. I think it's really scary for the congregants and the leadership of churches to watch their Lego creation get broken because that means power, finances, paychecks, comfort. Yeah. You know, I go to this church on every Sunday and I sit in this seat and if it breaks, uh uh-oh, where do I go? I think that's why we're having a hard time opening the door to this conversation. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, because they don't want their Lego creation to break. Yeah, and I think your entire identity is rocked. Like, you know, we have seen major people, whether they're Christian musicians, pastors, Mm -hmm. authors, be like, I'm done with this thing. And I think it's because when you wrap everything into one, you've got Mm. your job, you've got your paycheck, you've got every relationship, plus your house of worship, plus maybe where you met your partner, where you raised Uh. your kids. That's your entire life and foundation. And so to even question that feels like, what do I have left? And I think that's where we get down to, you have your relationship with the Lord, you have his word, and you kind of just have to dig in and say, where do I stand without all these things? Oh, that's so good. That needs to be an episode. We got to where gotta do we stand without yes. all these things? Yes. I love that. Okay, yes. we're gonna write okay. that down. Read, read the pastors. Okay, and then so we'll yeah, wrap it up. Um, Jeff Johnson at the church I go to yesterday. I love this. I love um, just his heart for the Lord and just how uh, you know how Christianity is viewed and how that pains him. Mm. Um, and at the end, he said, "What if you began living out the values of Jesus every day where you live, work, and play?" Now, this is something that people say a lot. What if, what if you start showing Jesus? What if you, you know, bring the church, take the church outside of the building and live it out on your week? But what I love is that he said, "What if you start living out the values of Jesus?" 
not just say what he said, tell people they're wrong, you know, what are his values? What does that look like? And I think that is where we have to dive into his word and say, what are those things? What are those values? You know, and a lot of people are living out those values that don't necessarily call themselves Christians. My friend that gave me those even better than my friend who gave me those quotes, a hundred percent, her and her husband live out those values. And <clears throat> and she is not a Christ follower. Yeah. She is kind. She listens. Um, she listens before she speaks. Yeah. They're she, giving oh, of their the time, yeah. of their finances. Without, without accolades. Uh-huh. Um, or a and have with, to. And she allows people to live their life and walk their journey out knowing that there's lessons that ne- they need to learn that she's not there to tell them to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And gives them space for that. I think we've just, I think part of our system is that we got to, Tell you about, tell you how Jesus did it and you're doing it wrong rather than just being a presence of just being the presence of Jesus. Cause when you, when I look at his life and maybe we can wrap up with this, when I look at his life and I look at how in his relationships with people, it was how they made, he made them felt feel when he was in their presence Mm. and he made them feel safe. He made them feel seen and known and valued before any life change happened. I agree. I love that. Yeah, he made them feel loved and valued and seen and respected before any of their lives changed. And when I think about when they left his presence, they didn't just go and change. Like, I think we have this, like, weird ideal that... The lady at the well went home and her whole life changed in an instant and everything was perfect. No, she probably rocked one hell of a road mm-hmm. for the rest of her life mm. to try to make her life better Yeah, and still probably struggled. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. That's so rich. Um, we hope that you guys feel seen in the things that we're saying, that you're not alone, whether you identify as a Christ follower, whether you're in a season of questioning um, or you've completely walked away. We feel, we hope and pray that you feel heard, seen, and valued. And Lord, we give you this time. We give you these words, um, knowing that these are your people and your hearts. And uh, just pray that we love others well. Amen.